about the time we it was you and I at the rec center playing two on two basketball. We were playing. I think those guys were maybe in a league, or were you in a league? I was not in a league. I was just there fucking around. Yeah, like you were just shooting around, and then it, I was like, "Oh, is that kid? Oh, what's up, Caleb?" And then uh, we saw two guys, and I just volunteered, volunteered, volunteered you, and I was like, "Hey, let's play two on two. And uh, those guys, like, I think they thought I was LeBron because I was just like pulling up like five feet behind the arc or something. And I think it was the last time I saw you until your show here. <laughs> Yeah, I think I had like, I don't know, like, I think I put up like 72 points in slam dunks or something. It's like, not, I don't remember all of it specific, but I think like, yeah, I think everyone was really impressed and asked for my autograph and shit or something like that. What's going on, Opcast? It's Brad and STL, and today I have a very special guest. You may have seen him literally on Twitter. I guess it's called X now. You may have seen him on Instagram, TikTok. Jurassic World, Fargo, and the list goes on and on. And so his name is Caleb Heron. He's uh, from the west side of the state. We'll, we'll get into uh, the home of sliced bread and all that here. But uh, Caleb, what's going on and where are you located at in the world? What's up, dude? Um, I'm in Kansas City right now. Um, yeah, I'm hanging out in Kansas City. Where are you? Oh, St. Louis, you know. Always classic. So um, how long have you been in Kansas City? Because you, you were just on tour, and I think you were here in July. Yeah, I was in Missouri in July, and then I was on tour. Uh, went back to L.A. for a little bit. I'm usually in L.A., but I, um, yeah, I've been back in Kansas City for like a week, and I'm going to be here for, um, for, yeah, a little bit, try to get back as much as I can. I was uh, the, the England. You were in England, right, or was it somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. Time? I went to Amsterdam for a little bit, and then I was in London, it was great. I've been to London a few times, but I'd never done shows there. And I was like, I don't know how the shows are going to go because I talk a lot about like American politics and stuff. And yeah. they know more about American politics than American audiences. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, actually, it's yeah. worked out great. Yeah. Well, uh, for those who do not know who you are, I mean, obviously they can Google you and we'll, we'll get into some of that stuff. But uh, yeah, so who are you and uh, what do you do? And where are you from, actually? Ah, who are you? Damn, that's such a big. This podcast is existential as hell. Um, like Google me. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the Google won't get the answer. Is the problem, right? Um, who am I? I'm a comedian. Um, I'm an artist. I um, I write TV sometimes. I do stand up. Um, I direct things. I act. Um, and maybe someday I'll do none of those things or all of them. I don't really know. Um, but I'm from yeah, I'm from Missouri originally. I'm from Chill Coffee. And then I went to Missouri State where we met. Um, and yeah, that's and now I'm and now I'm me. I don't know. I'm a collection of I'm a collection of little hobbies. <laughs> so like you're you're from the home of sliced bread, which I, I didn't realize that until I was looking into chili coffee. And so like, do you guys have a museum of the first like sliced bread? Dude, I think they have like a, a, a landmark. I don't know if it's a museum. Um but because but, I didn't the, the, like I didn't I am from there like I went to I finished high school there and I was born in the hospital there but I actually grew up a town a couple towns away so like when everyone was doing the like kids shit in my hometown I wasn't there yeah. um so I don't know if they like took the kids to the museum or something but uh yeah they what it was was like I guess the machine that like cut like standard slices of bread for you was invented there and before that people were like they were cutting it, but they were doing it themselves. Let's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's like a Jeopardy question that comes up sometimes. It's funny. Well, it's kind of interesting because it's like, I feel like in Missouri, in some areas, like, like, was it Osceola, Missouri, the home of cheese or something? They have like some a big sort of... cheese shop, yeah. 
And then there's like like places because you used to drive up from Springfield all the way up to like uh, Chicago, right? Yeah. So like, um, what are you thinking of like Uranus, the Fudge Factory? Uranus. There's some place with like a big cross. Some place has like a fake arch. Some has yeah. like a fake. Uh, what is that called? Like, or the world's biggest rocking chair. Yeah, I've been to that. I think that's on the, I think that's maybe it's either Illinois or Ohio. I went to that when I drove to DC once. Yeah, it's funny how like small towns try to brand themselves because they have like none of the amenities of living in a real place. So, <laughs> so they're like, come check out like Uncle Teddy's ball of yarn. And it's like, all right, I will. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's just something about like the small towns that we're just like, what? That is so goofy. World's biggest. Well, I don't know, cheese. And then you're like, ah, but I'm kind of curious to go ahead and stop. Like, <laughs> oh, I will yeah. stop. If, if I'm ever driving on a highway and I see one of those things, it's like largest covered wagon or like whatever, I, I will pull over if I have time. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> so uh, we've known each other since since college. And I, I still remember when I met you, it was there was always something about you. Like, I don't remember if you remember the, like the, the conversation. But I'm like, you have like this SNL, like you have this like different <laughs> comedy. Like, do you remember that? uh yeah or i, I guess we're talking about comedy but i don't remember the specific one yeah and it, it, it's it's just been really cool to see you know where you've gone with with your career and we could also talk about the time we it was you and i at the rec center playing two on two basketball i don't even know if you remember that oh i absolutely do yeah we we were playing i think those guys were maybe in a league or were you in a league i was not in a league i was just there fucking around yeah, like you were just shooting around, and then it, I was like, "Oh, is that kid? Oh, what's up, Caleb?" And then uh, we saw two guys, and I just volunteered, volunteered, volunteered you, and I was like, "Hey, let's play two on two. <laughs> and uh, those guys, like, I think they thought I was LeBron because I was just like pulling up like five feet behind the arc or something. And I think <laughs> it was the last time I saw you until your show here. <laughs> Yeah, I think I had like, I don't know, like I think I put up like 72 points in slam dunks or something. It's like, not, I don't remember all of it specific, but I think like, yeah, I think everyone was really impressed and asked for my autograph and shit or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you had all the fans there. <laughs> well, uh, what, what was it about your time there at Missouri State that really got you into uh, into comedy? Because I think you started improv like right whenever I was, I was leaving. Because you started, what, your sophomore year? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Tell us a little bit about that journey of starting improv and then going up to Chicago. Yeah, this journey is called mental illness. <laughs> I truly was in college. I was doing all those like when when we met, I was doing all those like campus leadership programs and I thought yep. I was going to go to law school. Um, I thought I was going to be a lawyer like that was I was not planning to do comedy. Um, but yeah, I was just so depressed. I was like, this sucks. Like I, I don't really like talking about politics and being serious about it. And I want to like make fun of stuff. I feel like, and I'm tired of being so like serious all the time. Cause you're doing these like campus programs for like young leaders. Yep. It just, yeah, it was kind of whack and boring. And I was like, I'm depressed. I'm going to go try improv. And as embarrassing as it is, that was like really helpful to me. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I just got into comedy and kind of figured like I'll spend like the next five or six years fucking around making comedy with my friends. And if I'm not making money at it in like six years, I'll be almost 30. I'll go to law school. I'll go to grad school or something. Like I'll just go do something else. And then, yeah, part of that plan was to move to Chicago because there's a great scene there. And I moved there and lived in Chicago for three years. And now I've lived in LA for three years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm rambling, but the, yeah, I just was like, I got to go try comedy and it, it kind of worked out luckily. How did you, like, whenever you went up to Chicago, did you instantly uh, perform at Second City or did you have to go through like their classes or any training? 
I never did second. I did a um, I did a fellowship, a diversity fellowship um, at Second City, um, but I never took their classes. I never did their program. I kind of felt like Second City was whack, uh, and I still do. Um, they're just like old school. They're like the old guard. They're like if if you take our yep. classes and you spend seven years and you go to our tour co and we pay you garbage and then you do our stage and we pay you garbage, maybe SNL will see you. And I was like, I bet if I work a little bit harder, SNL can see me on my own. Um, and then that's at the time that was a dream and then you see snl and you're like ah, i'm okay but <laughs> I, you know um but yeah I, I started doing shows at io and the crowd theater and um cic and some of the independent places in town and was just kind of like messing around with my buddies as soon as i got to chicago yeah and when did you get into doing the skits online because i think well, it was like like i'm not even on twitter that often or i i I, I think I like right now I just like review movies I see every so often, but it was just like one time I was scrolling, I was like, oh shit, this is Caleb. And then I like, I went down this rabbit hole and I was like, wait. And then like Jasmine was like, yeah, I've been listening to him on like my favorite podcast. And then I was like, whoa, like this was awesome to see. But like, when did you start doing the the skits? Cause was it even in during a pandemic, you were doing the ones in Chicago of, um, was it the coworker or dating a coworker? Yeah, that was my that was an experiment that I was doing. I started doing videos because um, I was doing characters in Chicago live and SNL had come to town and they had seen me and asked me to fly to New York um, to audition and they flew me to New York and I spent some time there doing that. And um, anybody who's heard me on other comedy podcasts has probably heard me talk about this. Um, but anyone who's new, welcome to it. Um, but I, yeah, I went to New York and did that, didn't get the job. And I was kind of, uh, I thought that they made a huge mistake. And so I was like, I'm going to start making internet videos and like, so they have to see my face again. And I started making internet videos and they kind of blew up, um, randomly. What's that process? Like when you do, like when you meet with SNL, is it like you're in front of a room with all the writers or like, are you with Lauren? Like, what is that process? Yeah. You meet with, well, basically in Chicago, um, uh in chicago they come to a showcase they see like 20 people they call like seven of you that they like you go get drinks at their hotel it's like lauren and the head writers and stuff like that some mm -hmm. of the producers and then a couple of days later they'll have the theater owner call you and say hey they're gonna fly you out and then if you have agents or managers they get into that but yeah then you fly out and you meet with um sometimes you meet with some people sometimes you don't um but then you do your audition and they're like in the room with the camera on the stage and everything um yeah, and it's like it's weird. You you're doing comedy to silence usually. Yeah. And then some years they laugh. Some years they laugh. Some years they don't laugh. It's different. So I've done it twice now. One year they didn't laugh at anybody, and then one year they laughed at everybody. And it's very you know it's they kind of specialize in head games over there. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the process. Well, I feel like now with uh, here in Missouri with the new was it the the film tax credit you could probably create your own SNL. Uh, yeah, somebody could. I, the tax credit will be really interesting because I was fighting so hard for that and was such yeah. a proponent of it because I want to get things made in Missouri so bad. The issue is they're going to find out soon, but basically if the tax credit only applies to above the line costs, we may as well not have one um, because it won't be competitive with other states. But if it ends up com um, applying to below the line costs as well and above the line, below the line for like people listening that are like, what the hell are you talking about? It's a stupid term for like, above the line is like talent and producers and writers and below the line is like uh, key grips and, and um, uh, camera operators and stuff and people like that. So below the line is like with the people who actually make shit happen. Um, 
But it, the tax credit it could be really, really good for Missouri. It could become a new Kansas City and St. Louis could become new like Pittsburgh's or Atlanta's where like they're filming hubs. We'll see. That's uh, we'll, we'll get into the future of Caleb here shortly. When you build <laughs> the studio here in uh, Chili Coffee, well, like you're in Kansas City. What part of Kansas City? Like on the outskirts or? No, Actually, I'm in the city. Oh, you're in the city. Yeah, I was gonna say we don't have to go into the details. No, let's let's uh, get my address. I think it'll be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll you'll be good. Well, like uh, when whenever you went, so you went from Chicago, you you started doing um, the the skits, which were hilarious, and then Chrissy Teigen retweeted one of your videos, and then what happened after that? Yeah, I mean that was the first one that really blew up. I had this video that was doing pretty well, and Chrissy quote tweeted it. Um, shout out Chrissy, thank you for my uh virality um but then it blew it blew up it got like uh i don't know a bunch maybe like 100 million views or something and then um yeah i just started getting attention from there got followers kind of equals meetings in hollywood meetings sometimes equals jobs um there's a lot of other stuff that has to happen but what you really need to make a career in entertainment is like you know, to work very hard and be patient and then get a lucky break like 10 different times. You need like so many lucky breaks to keep it going. And I've gotten a number of them very gratefully, but one of them was for sure Chrissy retweeting that video because you need like, you need to prove to powerful people that like people want to watch you. So if you ever were to decide to get married, would John Legend just have to perform at your wedding? Is that, <laughs> that what happens with that? You know, I'm friends with a lot of musicians, so he might have to fight for it. He might have to ask. Uh, so you were living in LA for a few years. And then I guess you live there also, Kansas City yeah. and LA. Yeah. How was that adjustment coming from the Midwest to LA? Like, do, do you have to deal with paparazzis or do you have to like call them like, hey, I'm about to walk out of, I don't even know, uh, is Kroger out there? Hy-Vee? Kroger. <laughs> I don't even know. Hi, no. uh, Walgreens, Costco, something. No, I don't have to do a paparazzi. All my fans are like shy gay people. So they're more often <laughs> my fans are like, I'm in a coffee shop and I can see two people with weird haircuts being like, oh my God, it's Caleb. And then they don't say hi. So, you know, <laughs> it's a real hateful existence. <laughs> how was that being in LA? Like, is it, um, cause you were there during the pandemic. And so how's that process been finding jobs? Like was it just doing everything virtually? Um, so for example, like you're coming up with your skits, you're submitting it, or like, are you now at a place where you can just go in person and audition? Yeah, most of the stuff is hybrid at this point. Some of it's in person, some of it's virtual. Writer's rooms are kind of doing a hybrid thing. Um, I've written on some TV shows in real life, in like virtual spaces and also in real life spaces, like the, the physical room. Um, but yeah, auditions, like some people are still doing it virtual, some are in person, it just kind of depends. But LA is great. LA is a really great city. It's like a ton of good food. Um, there's like a lot of nice people actually, which is crazy because I feel like I always heard LA was like everybody was a sociopath, but that's mostly just the West side. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, LA is cool. It's great. It's like, you know, my plan is to like be in Kansas City when I want to relax. And then if it gets too cold or I need to go work, I'll just go back to LA. And so since you're from Kansas City, whenever you're talking to your friends from L.A., like with the whole uh, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift situation going on, do they like do they immediately ask you? So, yeah, you're from Kansas City. Do you know Travis Kelsey? What, what, what's your take on this? Like, do people ask you that kind of stuff? Uh, people ask me about the Travis Kelsey situation a lot because they know I'm a Chiefs fan. Um, but, yeah, I'm just like, I want us to win. And if Taylor Swift wants to be in the stands, then rock on. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Now I gotta ask you. So it's interesting when you 
when I Google Caleb Heron, it's uh, it, it looks legit. You know, you got all these nice photos, photos of you doing stand-up. <laughs> But uh, you have a Wikipedia page. So I'm just curious, like what goes into a Wikipedia page and how do you make sure that information is accurate? I didn't make it. Uh, I don't know who I have. I have uh, I created a Wikipedia account to go and like suggest some uh, other things because they got some things wrong. And I was like, wait, I didn't make this. Who fucking put this up? But it's hilarious. Whoever made my Wikipedia page, their about Caleb section was like, I was laughing so hard because the first time I found out about it, a fan had sent it to me on on uh, Twitter and were like, um, nice Wikipedia page. Oh, my God, you made it. And I was like, first of all, that's not making it. Second of all, what does that say? <laughs> and the about Caleb was like, he's gay. He's from Missouri and he's a comedian. And I was like, God, <laughs> I was like, Can we, let's beef it up a little bit. There's been some other stuff in there as well. I mean, that's the essence. But damn. Um it's like you're over here like donating to Wikipedia. You know how you get those messages like, please donate to keep this page running. You're like, yeah, I got to make sure all the information's right about me. So you're like, you go $5, $10, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I, I might have to start if they don't get it right. But no, it's, um, yeah, other people like put that together. I'm not sure how you do it. And then it's also interesting. I, I type your name in and it doesn't even give me the answer, but net worth comes up. It's like Caleb Heron. And then it like wants to fill in this like sentence. It's like net worth. Yeah. So I guess like what's. <laughs> Once you reach like a certain level, it's just like, all right, like I'm not, I'm clearly not on that level here in St. Louis. It's just like, oh, Braddon was in this news, on the news for this and that. It's like nothing exciting. But for you, it's like, you have an IMDB. Like, did you create that? Does your agent create that? Like my, yeah, my team made an IMDB and I oh. am like on there as well. I can like suggest stuff if I want the, yeah, it's funny. The like level of all this that I'm at where I'm like, this is my full-time job and I do, I do very well, but like. People, I think, see me hanging out with certain people or see, hear the kind of jobs I have, like TV writer, and they assume I'm like a, you know, like a multimillionaire. And I assure you, I am not. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, it's funny the, what people think is going on versus kind of what is going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like nonstop, like, I don't want to say hustle culture, but it's like you're, even when you're not working, you're working somehow. Like you're working like towards that next project. Uh, so how did you get, like, how was it like being casted for Jurassic World? Cause that's not like a, any of this, like was five other Jurassic parks. Like that one had like the, the old, old cast, the new cast and Caleb. So how was that? And then how long did you have to be like, keep that as a secret for? Uh, it behooves you to keep it as a secret for a long time, because when you're in smaller parts like me, they can cut you at any moment. And I, when I, what happened was I had become. Colin Trevorrow, who wrote and directed those movies, um, hit me up and was like, hey, I love your stuff. You're very funny. Do you want to like meet? Um, and I think Colin would, if he was listening, would think this is funny because now we're friends and I, it would be weird for him to hit me up like that. Um, but I was such a fan. I was like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> he was like, do you want to meet? And I was like, oh, I'll meet with this guy. I'm never going to like be in a Jurassic movie, but we can like, be friends. And we met for a long time and talked about like just like life and family and stuff and like comedy and, um, you know, like a couple months later they were filming Jurassic during the pandemic in London and Colin emailed me and was like hey your team's probably going to call you soon um I've got this part in the movie if you want to come do it it's yours so didn't even make me audition for it I was like damn um and yeah I know it was so fucking nice of him and I it was such a cool opportunity like he could have picked like anybody any comedian would have come and done that role um and yeah, he, he picked me for it, which was so sweet. And it was a longer scene. We, re we rewrote the scene together. Um, 
and it was a really fun one to film but you know like so little of it got in because i'm not laura dern or a dinosaur um <laughs> but I'm, I'm grateful i'm like you just to have my face in it is like that's pretty freaking cool i can kind of i can kind of be done now and feel like i did it um but yeah that was super it was super fun it was a dream come true so did you catch yourself like watching all the old jurassic parks and like trying to like like i don't know like seek inspiration from that but then also add your own little twist for your scene no i never watched them um i've seen the original but like i didn't i watched i watched collins i watched the worlds um, oh, yeah. um because i um wanted to see what what colin had done but i yeah i didn't i didn't watch all the original like the jurassic world spinoffs and stuff or the jurassic world sequels and stuff um because it's kind of an individual thing anyway i'm like my ours isn't going to be anything like that movies are so different now you know yeah now when it comes to doing stand-up what goes into your creative process like, are you always just looking, observing, seeing what's going on, like on the internet, you're taking notes, like what goes into writing your set? Cause I think you did like an hour and a half when you were here in St. Louis. So how was that process? Yeah, that, that was a long set. That was beginning of the tour and I was still trying to figure out what the hour is. And I'm, st I'm still trying to figure out what the hour is now. I have a hard time letting things be um, in stand up. I probably ended up doing a cumulative two hours of jokes on the tour and now it's one hour of them, but I don't, um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with that eventually, but the process is just like whatever I think is funny, trying to see if an audience trying to universalize it, you know, and like, it's like I got really good at joke writing on Twitter. I was on Twitter since like my junior senior year of high school, and mm. you had to be so good at writing concise jokes on there because the character limit was so small at first that it was like you know, you learned little tricks about how to be good at Twitter, which is actually just how to be good at joke writing, which is like, if you and I had a funny moment, I'm not going to tell a joke where I'm like, me and Braden, I'm going to be like me and my friend, because then the people hearing it can imagine themselves, you know what I mean? Uh, um, yeah. And you backload the punchline, right? Like the most interesting thing you have to say, or the funniest word, or like the reveal of the story should be the last thing that gets said as, as much as you can. Um, so yeah, I, that was kind of my process of getting into joke writing. And then, um, stand up really I just I don't do open mics or anything I just test out stuff on shows and kind of trust that like it won't bomb and if it does it's like that's great bombing is very informative um but yeah uh, stand up is like uh to me it should always be about making people laugh which I it, there's now kind of a new school of thought that's like um you know maybe it needs to be like uh, gut-wrenching or emotional which is can also be cool but i just think to me for my stand-up it's always going to be about getting back to the laugh i don't know if i told you but uh zach and i you know zach's my business manager I'm not gonna say oh my bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay bleep, bleep it bleep it bleep it <laughs> he's uh so he's my business manager we're doing improv and like the next like once we finish the the stuff here at the improv shop we're looking to like just do comedy or uh stand up just to learn it yeah. um especially like in my line of what i'm doing now like I, I would never expect us talking like this in this situation like obviously it's great seeing you perform live but it's like i do a lot of random stuff like interviewed chris jericho the, the wrestler you know and, and just <laughs> goofy stuff but uh now as we look at the the future of your career you know, what are some hopes and dreams? I know we talked uh, a little bit about the tax credit here. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're still just getting started. I heard my bad. If, no, I feel like you're yeah. just, you're on the up and up. I mean, because what Comedy Central uh, puts you down as one of the top people to watch. So like, where do you hope your career will go? 
Yeah, no, I mean, you nailed it. I'm def I'm legitimately just getting started. And that is a thing I have to remind myself of all the time because I get, um, you know, I'm, I am like a futuristic, I'm always thinking of the next thing. Um, and I also, am, I'm, I'm, I'm forward thinking, I'm impatient <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm excitable. So like, I do have to remind myself, like, I'm very new at this. Um, I've only been a professional comedian for, you know, three years. And that's maybe, I would say maybe even two. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, down the line, I want to do everything. And I, one thing that keeps me really excited about comedy and making art is that I don't ha hold myself to having to do it forever. I could wake mm -hmm. up next week and be like, I'm going to move to Peru and be a farmer. And like, that is available <laughs> to me. Like I can do that if I want to, you know? Um, but what do I think? I think I'll probably keep acting and stuff and writing things. I've sold a couple TV shows and, I've written a couple movies um, that are working on getting produced. Um, my career started during a global pandemic and then progressed into a double strike. Uh, so, you know, we're we're hoping there'll be some maybe stability in the next couple of years. But yeah, I just want to make things and I want to direct and produce and I want to like find people that I think are talented and help them get their ideas made too. I don't want the entirety of my career to be about um, me and my ideas. I eventually want to move into a place where I can like help other people make their things happen. And I'm mm -hmm. trying to do that now on a level with like friends that are starting out in comedy or, or talking to college students when I'm back home and stuff um, who are from the area. But yeah, I just want to like have a good time and make things that I think are cool and beautiful and whatever that looks like, I guess, you know, that's the plan. That's awesome. Well, we're, we're before I let you go, uh, there's two last topics we go over on this podcast. So food is this beautiful thing that brings us together. And so if you were to sit at a table and you had three other guests, they could be dead or alive, could be famous, could be a neighbor, uh, could be Travis Kelsey or someone on the Chiefs, who would they be and why? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to narrow it down, make it all fat people edition, because that's who I want to share a lot of my meals with. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm immediately going to throw, I'm going to throw Andy Reid up there uh head coach of the chiefs uh fat icon love that guy i'm gonna put um gabori sadibe um who's an actress that i i've never met her but i just think i think she's got like i think i would really enjoy talking to her she's got like a warmth about her that i'm like i would like to to sit down with you and like talk to you about what's going on um so i do andy reed gabori sadibe and man who would my last fat icon be Hmm. You know what? I'll throw my friend Oha Lopez in there. Oha nice. is a very, very funny, smart, charming uh, comedian who's like good at, at conversation. So I think she'd help me keep this, the, the thing moving. Awesome. That's a great lineup. Now, words of wisdom. Uh, if someone wants to do what you're doing or maybe someone's listening and they're going through a tough time, if you could leave uh, the listeners with words of wisdom, what would they be? I think the biggest thing in in my like line of work is if you say you want to do it, but you're not doing it. No, you don't like there. There's a lot of people who say they want to be a comedian or they'd love to try comedy or they want to be a writer. They'd love to be a writer someday. And it's like, then go write. And if you're not writing, then no, you don't like there is. I think this is a thing that happens with a lot of people in a lot of fields, but particularly in this field, there's like this long period of like angsty aspiration where people just imagine that maybe someday they could do it. And they're waiting on this like call or this answer, but it's like the call has will come from you. It has to come from you. And the answer will be you going and actually doing it. 
And I would say, just go do it and don't put pressure on it. Like fuck around with your friends. But like, if you want to write, write a script and let it be the worst script anyone's ever seen. And then the second one you write will maybe be the second worst. And if you write a hundred, you'll be going in the right direction. You know what I mean? That's the most show me state thing I've, I've heard. <laughs> good, good. good. Show me. <laughs> show me. Go do it. Yeah, I think that's the, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I was doing in Springfield is I was putting on these, I, I had a horrible sketch team uh, that made horrible video sketches. And I had a horrible live show at a horrible little bookstore in Springfield, Missouri. And I didn't know what I was doing and I bombed a lot. And then, and then eventually you get better or you quit, but like you have to start to do either of those things. So I think that would be the advice. That's awesome advice. Now, Caleb, how can people follow you on your journey? Oh man, just, you know, go follow me on online at Caleb says things if you want to, or honestly don't. I, I really, if you, <laughs> see me, if you see me in the real world, just, you know, say, Hey, but other than that, do, do whatever you need to do. Awesome. Well, hey, Caleb, I'm proud of you, man. I, I love to see what you've done, where you're going. And Jasmine and I, like, we're, we're just excited to follow you on your journey. Thanks, dude. It's, it's mutual. I, I, really, I really appreciate it, and I hope I get to see you guys in person soon. For sure. Thanks for your time. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Opecast. Now, this wouldn't be possible without all of your support, my producer, Jason, my friends here at Tech Artista. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Follow us on Instagram at Opecast, the pod or TikTok. So until next time, peace.